Hello everybody and welcome back to the Alien vs Predator Galaxy podcast. This is episode 70 and I'm your usual host Corporal Hicks aka Aaron Percival in the real world and joining me today is a special guest and a returning guest is James A. Moore. Thank you for joining us. Absolutely my pleasure. And it's it's been a good few years since uh, you've last been on so I, I hope you keep him well. Yep yeah, uh, I changed locations I'm now living up in New England instead of in Georgia so it's a lot less hot. <laughs> I think the whole world's suffering heat at the minute anyway. Sad but true. I think it's been the hottest day in the UK today, or, or it was earlier this week. I'm absolutely dying here. We're not we're not built for this. No, I fully understand. It's, uh, I don't think anybody is. I don't think people who are born to that are born for it. It's ridiculous. <laughs> oh, me about it's like it. living in a sauna. Mm, exactly. That's exactly it. But we're not here to chat about um, temperatures that would probably attract predators. Um, we're here to chat about predators. Fair enough. So the last time you actually joined us, uh, joined me, uh, on the podcast was to chat about Alien. It was to chat about your novel, Sea of Sorrows. And I asked you at that point about the first time that you'd ever saw an Alien film. And that's that's pretty much tradition for these things. Is we just like to you know, ask about the first time you saw the films that we're talking about. And since you're back for Predator this time, since we're going to be chatting about your prequel novel, uh, Hunters and Hunted, I've got the same question about that series. Do you recall the first time you ever saw Stan Winston's Hunter up on that big screen? I absolutely do. I went to I went to see it in high school when it was released in theatres. Nice. And it was larger than life and beautiful. Huh. There had been another movie done a few years earlier by a different group entirely, which had a really goofy-looking blue alien walking around and throwing basically living shuriken at people. And it was horrible. When I heard about this movie, I was expecting about the same thing, and instead I got an actual movie <laughs> with plot and with acting and with action. What film are you thinking of? I couldn't tell you the name to save my life, but it was absolutely the worst piece of garbage. No, that's not true. Return to Salem's Lot was the worst piece of garbage, but this was a close second. I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's a ton of rip-offs of Predator after the fact, but the one would remind you before, and I need to find this film out. I need to know what it is. I'm trying to see if I can find anything about it right now, but God only knows. It's been years. Well, uh, while you're doing that, which of the films, which of the Predator films would you say was actually your favourite? Is, is it the original? or Definitely the original. I liked Predator 2 a lot, and I absolutely loved Predators. Alien vs. Predator was, well, it was a wet-hot mess. <laughs> We don't talk about those films unless we have to. <laughs> it's probably for the best. What would it have been about the the original then that's made it stick as out as your favourite? I like the idea of soldiers being hunted down by something that just was beating the crap out of them. That's got a reason as any, I think. So on on the topic of what your actual favourite is, what about specific Predator designs? Is there a certain... Um, a certain design from any of the films that stands out as your favorite? I always kind of thought it was interesting that these guys are running around in loincloths when they're hunting. Um, High-tech stuff. I, I'm just like, well, that's different. I've always wondered what they look like if they're actually wearing proper, I don't know, space attire. But of all of them, probably my favorite design so far was the one in Predators where we got to see the first upgrade. Just seeing so much larger than the others and it could slap them around with ease. Are you thinking the one with the bone, uh, the jaw on his mask? Yes. Mr. Mr. Black, I think they called him. I liked that one as well. So, more specifically then, your work, let's let's talk The Predator, Hunters, and Hunted. So, it, it's a prequel to the film, uh, the new one, Shane Black's. Yeah. And obviously you've worked in the Alien universe, and now you've come across The Predator one. So, how did you become involved 
specifically with the prequel. Well, it's the same publisher that did the Alien books, mm-hmm. which is uh, Titan, same editor. And uh, he was talking with Chris Golden about doing the, the um, movie adaptation and thought about doing a second one. There was no way Chris would have time. So he dropped my name, which was quite nice of him. Chris did. Yeah. And, you know, we've worked together. I've worked with the editor before. We had a talk. And uh, the rest is history, as they say. So this is this is the same editor that you worked on with Sea of Sorrows then? Absolutely. So let's let's talk a little bit about the evolution of the book then. I thought it was a really great take to have the prequel focus around the Stargazer sort of first encounters with the Predator. It meant it didn't intrude on the film too much. It didn't become re- repetitive of um, of you know typical stories. So was that story for Hunters and Hunted the original pitch? Or did you go through different story ideas before you arrived at the final one? That was actually the original pitch. Uh, it was one part one part suggested and one part evolved from from the original discussion. So it's kind of a blend, but it definitely was the original pitch. The idea was to show what Stargazer was and how Stargazer had evolved as time went on. And there are several aspects that were in the original script that were removed that ended up basically being incorporated into this into the story. Okay. So what was the stuff that was originally suggested to you then? Uh, by the by the way by by the way this is totally spoilers podcast this is coming out after the book's released um if you haven't read the book go read the book and then come back and listen to this <laughs> so yeah the 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 suggested stuff what what was that well they wanted to have some kind of group that was there before the stargazer as it exists right now and originally there were two groups they were kind of running around at the same time doing different aspects but that became incorporated into one group which is just stargazer mm. So that this was, I have read an old script for the Predator, and a lot of those details are actually out there. Exactly. Um, so you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm assuming you mean in the military and the Stargazer kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. Um. Well, that's a point of, you know, that is a point of of Stargazer within your book as well, isn't it? You know, it's a joint task between the CIA and and the military. Right. And it's it's the politics that's involved, and that is a very big part of the, of the story. Mm-hmm. Um, so while reading your novel, I did get very heavy Predator 2 vibes. Um, would it be fair to say that that was the film that actually influenced you the most while writing Hunters and Hunted? I'm going to say yes, because it was also a situation where the CIA was de- dealing with or a group was dealing from the government was dealing with hunting down predators. They just kind of failed. Yes, fair enough. There was other bits in there that made me think about it as well. You know, it was, it was some of the structure of um of your novel so yeah with, with things like demonstrating the predator's badassness through um through slaughters um that weren't necessarily connected to like the the, the main characters um so there was a lot of story structure that reminded me of, of predator 2 as well and i guess with how the predator acted as well that it, it just it just sort of i just got those vibes well i hope that i i i hope that i did it right i wanted to make sure that that vibe came across because at the end of the day, all three of these are about the same thing, an alien coming to hunt mm-hmm. deadly prey. And in this case, I wanted to give a few more twists on there than just uh, just humans. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know what? That was something that I really liked was the um, was the alligator. I had a lot of fun with that, and I thought it would be more fun if he didn't turn around and just shoot it with one of his blasters one-on-one. Exactly. I, I think for all the, the honor and stuff that people tend to project on the Predators – I think fundamentally they're cheaters. Um, so to have your guy 
deliberately stripped down and, and go hand to hand with with an alligator was a really nice way of just showing how badass this guy was, regardless of his um, regardless of his superior technology. Thank you kindly. I really had fun with that part. And I imagine that's going to be something that quite a lot of people enjoy with this one as well. Um, so I understand that you actually worked in close collaboration with Chris Golden to ensure that there was strong connective tissues with his novelization. Uh, obviously, you can't go into you know much detail about the contents of his, his book and consequently the film but I was hoping you could just tell us a little bit about that process you know how how involved were you what kind of um, collaboration was it oddly enough there was remarkably little uh, between the two of us that we, other than just discussions on the phone because they are different beasts mm-hmm. my story is a prequel that has almost none of the same characters a couple of them but for example I, I had the reapers whereas he had uh, all the characters who show up in the movie the loonies yeah okay did you actually get a chance to um to read Chris's book? No, I have not actually. We read the same script, okay. and then we read the same re- rewritten script, the, the one that was that was finally used for the final shoots and edits. Which is something I'm going to ask you later, actually. Um, okay, fair enough. So you know, wasn't wasn't that heavily involved with each other while you were working? It's just the the notes that came out with the book actually made it sound like you guys have been very hand in hand. Well, to to a certain extent we were, but it's it's all more conversations. Okay, so nothing drastically involved in that. No war room style thing. Exactly. I think I found, by the way, the name of that really bad movie. Cool, hit me. Just mistaken, it's called Without Warning. It came out in 1980. That's something for us to go look at after this. Um, So, Hunters and Hunted featured its own predator veteran in the form of Roger Elliott. But you did actually allude to Dutch and Harrigan slightly was there ever yes. any discussions about including you know existing characters or was it always going to be um the new one in roger elliott oh there were absolutely discussions about it um unfortunately or fortunately depending on how you look at it they may not be done with those characters that's all i can say they always seem to be holding dutch and harrigan back they're, they're always they're always keeping them away from uh, from the expanded universe and it's always that reason we're ready for it. We're ready for Dutch back and Harrigan. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, and, and speaking of Elliot, um, he was one of the things that I did really love about Hunters and Hunted, and it was him suffering from PTSD. Now, that kind of thing is, you know, seeing the after effects of somebody's encounter with the Predator is something that has only recently started to be utilised in, in new stories. Or at least I've only just really started to notice it being utilised. Um, more specifically, it was um, Predator Hunters, um, a comic from last year uh, that focused on, you know, a group of survivors from the old comics and some new ones um, hunting down predators. Could you tell us a little about the thinking that went into the creative choice around him, around Elliot and his PTSD? Well, I mean, I've, I've kind of looked at it this way. I don't know how the rest of the world would react, but if I was running across proof of alien life and it was slaughtering people around me, I'd probably have a few psychic scars. And that was one of the things I wanted to make sure that happened in this. You know, the first off, as, as points out in the story, he's basically got a lot of people looking at him like he's lost his mind. Uh-huh. Running around and saying that he's seen these things is one thing. Having a minor amount of proof is another. And then getting a chance to verify that it had happened is his one chance of redemption. So, yeah, for him, this is a major thing after, after years and years of basically being mocked. PTSD in this case is, is more than just stress from that. It's, it's, it's reshaped his entire life. Uh-huh. I needed to make sure that that came across. He is haunted by the things that he's seen. Was he fun to ride with? Oh, yeah, he was a blast. Good. Uh, speaking of um, Elliot, then, and, and him being you know, your survivor, something I picked up on, which 
I don't know if it was intentional, so I'm going to ask you about this. Was that you know you've you've got this guy who's suffering from PTSD, he's fighting alcoholism, um, and he's training he's training the reapers, he's training the next generation to deal with with the predators. But it was a case of he was the only one that Stargazer could get. Everybody else wasn't interested. It was just Elliot who's going through all this stuff, and on top of that, he only seemed to really survive his encounter down to you know dumb luck, pure luck. So it seemed like perhaps he wasn't actually the best person to train them. He was just all they had. To a very real extent, yeah. Now, but also you have to remember that in the, in the book, his job in Vietnam was stealth tactics and terrorism. Mm-hmm. So he is sort of kind of the best they've got for this. He understands the mentality behind what the predator does. Ah, I never made that connection, actually, behind the predator's stealth and, and his CIA um because it was a it was a real um, project that you attributed. Oh, absolutely. It, what was absolutely. it? I, I can't remember it offhand. I can't remember the name to save my life, but I studied it rather intently before I started writing. I looked it up myself as well, actually, just to see if it was a if it was a real thing. Yeah. Okay. I'd, yeah, I'd never made that connection. That's an interesting point. So something that I'm sure will please fans of the expanded universe is that you were sure to include uh, the word Yautja, or however it's pronounced. Yeah, which is which is is a big part of of Predator expanded universe lore. Absolutely. Was that something you wanted to include, or did that come from Fox? That's all from me. I wanted to make sure that the expanded universe was covered properly. I mean, you can only do so much, but I wanted to make sure that that wasn't lost. Okay, cool. So did you did you go back and look at some of the older Prey stuff? You know, the the AVP novels, the Perry stuff. Oh, absolutely. Now, again, I couldn't include too much of that, but I wanted to include the weapons. And I wanted to make sure that that the the, the lore that's been built was noticed. Okay, cool. Um, so most, if not all, of the Predators in, in the films and a lot from the comics and a lot from the Expanded Universe have nicknames. Um, I was wondering if you had any particular nickname for your Predator in this novel. i got to be honest, no. I just kept thinking of him as that really big monster dude. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Simple. Now, a problem that novelization authors face is a, is a lack of material regarding the actual films they're working on. Um, now, while Hunters and Hunted isn't actually a novelization of the film, it does feature environments and characters. I know you've already said that you got access to two of the scripts, so I was wondering, you know, how how involved were Fox or Shane Black or Fred Decker with your books? I mean, did you did you have any access to the actual footage? Did you get to see Sterling K. Brown or Jake Busey in action? I did not get to see any of that. I did get to see a few exclusive exclusive uh, publicity shots, and I also had a route about a, a two and a half hour discussion with Fred Decker. Mm-hmm. And with several, several executives from Fox on the phone while we went over all the details of the novel before it got written. So we went over all the aspects of the outline that I'd given them, expanded certain areas, pulled back in others for their requests. Is that anything you can go into, you know, the, the feedback they gave you? Mozilla was positive, actually. They liked certain things that I was doing. They, they liked the idea of the Reavers, which became the Reapers. Okay. A slight change in name, but that's okay. Um, and discussing, you know, how we were going to build up the past. Adding in, adding in scenes from the past was important to me, and it was important to them that it, that it was handled the right way. They wanted to make sure I didn't step on the toes of anything that had been done previously, which is one of the reasons I picked Vietnam. Okay, because that, that's away from South America. and Absolutely. Yeah, okay. So, again, sort of building on that kind of thing, in your novel you mentioned that Project Stargazer evolved from the Otherworld Lifeform organization in Predator 2. Was that you, or was that something that Fox wanted in there as world building. That's Fred Decker. 
told me that he and Shane had discussed that substantially, and it was something they wanted to do. And I'm like, well, I've got room to play on my book, so why not? Also, you know, you've got Jake Busey, who's literally playing the son of Gary Busey's character from Predator 2. I was I was a little disappointed we didn't get to see more of him actually. I was he had a very minimal role. More with him, but I know that he's being used in the movie. Which seems to have been a late addition actually. That he he wasn't in the um, the script the first the early script I've read. He was in both scripts that I saw. Okay, so you've had later and that ones. That played in the first one, so I think he evolved as time went on. Interesting. Would you have liked to have played with any more of the you know the characters from the film from the script? Oh, I think it would have been a blast. But I also understand why they wouldn't want me to. Um, and in one case, you know, they actually had a character that was removed from the script that I got to play with. And I think I know who that is as well. So The Predator is a film that does seem to have had some significant changes made to it during production. Um, we understand that a large chunk of the third act had, um, had been reworked. Did that cause you any issues while you were writing the novel? Did you have to go back and rework the prequel at all to um, make the transition smoother for... No, not really. I didn't really, but I did have to stop and reread the script to see what the changes were. And I have to be honest, I think all of the changes were something I really do. I think that they made a better movie by, by making the changes that they did. I think I think that the changes they made were solid, and I think they made a better movie. And that's having not seen the movie myself yet, just having read the scripts. Didn't cause you any grief then, you know, didn't affect your book at all? Not even a little. Actually kind of gave me more freedom to play. Okay, so good for you. <laughs> Amen. So let's let's talk a little about the Reapers then. Um, they're not something we've we've heard of mentioned um, for the film. They were entirely your own creation for Hunters and Hunted. Yes and no. Yes, they were my creation, but it was something I discussed briefly with Fred Decker and with the Fox folks because there's always the potential that they would want to have something like that later on. So this is sort of kind of the origins, and they might very well pull them in later if they if they decide to do another movie. So in in terms of yourself then, or uh, Titan, are there any plans for the Return of the Reapers? You're going to explore them in another in one of the anthology books? You never know. If they asked me to, I certainly would, um, but I haven't heard anything from them one way or the other on that. Okay, so that that's still all up in the air then. Right. Well, it's, it's like uh, there, there's a possibility that I'll be doing more with um, the main character from Sea of Sorrows, but that's also up in the air. You never know. Okay. As in a full novel or uh, anthology? A novel or two, yeah. Okay. And I would have a blast with it. They've already got a pitch, but it's up to them as anything happens in the future. Okay. And was there anything in particular you wanted to do with the prequel, but you weren't able to? I would have kind of liked to have had Dutch in there, but I couldn't. Okay self-explanatory so you had some really fantastic imagery going off towards the end of the novel with a battle taking place in a thunderstorm it's during these sections that my only real problem with the book cropped up and that was the predator's cloak being unaffected by the water i know we've briefly discussed this in private but as i know it's an issue that i think some fans are likely to have i just wanted to give you a chance to talk about that on here you know you're thinking behind Absolutely. See, for me, it's never been about the water that messes up the cloak. It's the amount of damage that the cloak takes and the amount of damage it's taking. So, for example, it's already been damaged by a couple of explosions in the first movie when the Predator goes bopping around in the water and he, he shows up a few times in the water. But at other spots, he's still invisible. I just didn't figure the rain was going to be enough to stop it completely. I tried to have a few scenes where he, where he shows up, but again, more because of damage that's been done to him than the water hitting hitting the cloak. Does that make sense? Yeah. So you, you did think about that while you were while you oh, were working. I, I what's one of my favorite things about the movie was the cloak and the way that the cloak sometimes revealed and sometimes didn't. But I didn't want I mean let's 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 be honest about this. These guys are star travelers. They go to intergalactic travel. I'm pretty sure they can make a mostly waterproof cloak if they're trying. <laughs> so I figure any problems that they had with the cloak were because of things 
more than just a few water drops. Does that make sense? I'm, I'm, I'm with you thinking there. I'm with you. We'll have to see how everybody else agrees with that. <laughs> uh, sure to let Jim know. Okay, fair enough. So now that you've actually had the opportunity to write for both Alien and Predator, which wins out for you? Which was most fun? That's a tough call uh, because I love both you know, for a lot of reasons. I'm going to lean towards Alien just because I had a lot more fun with a lot more critters. Uh, I love the Predator thing, but I, I, I'm also imagining how much different it would have been if I'd had seven Predators to play with instead of one. See my point? Mm-hmm. And in both cases, I was given an unlimited budget. This is sort of what I wanted to do. But I was limited in how many monsters I could have. So if I were, to, if I, if I had a chance to write a predator novel with a dozen predators, I'd probably be having an absolute blast. And I love both of them. But Alien leans out just a little bit more for me. Okay. So uh, what was the most fun you had writing uh, Hunters and Hunted? Then which aspect of it was was the most enjoyable to you? I loved doing point of view shots from people who were watching this from the outside, like the drug dealer, mm. who's just watching people get shredded left and right and has no clue what's going on. We had fun with that, and the biker bar. I enjoyed that. You see, those were the bits that gave me the the was some of the bits that gave me the Predator Two vibes. You know, it reminded me of like the um, the slaughterhouse, uh, not the slaughterhouse, the um, the penthouse and the uh, yeah. the armory at the the start. Absolutely, but that, that that to me is half the fun because it's a good chance to see a predator from a third perspective, mm-hmm. not from one, from one of the uh, the active participants necessarily. If that makes any sense. Yeah, I'm with you. So on the flip side of that, then, what was the most challenging? Making sure I didn't repeat what's been done before, which is always a challenge with this kind of stuff. I wanted to give something new, which, again, is one of the reasons I decided to have the alligator scene. Did you do a lot of, of prep of looking at the, the older EU stuff then while you were working on this? I looked at a little bit of everything, and, of course, it was a perfect excuse to watch all the movies again. You never need an excuse for that. <laughs> With as busy as I am, sadly, I kind of do. I remember you saying, <laughs> actually, how busy you tend to be. So, fair enough. Well, I have to write an outline today, after I'm done talking to you, because it's due tomorrow, for another novel. That novel is due by November 1st, and in the meantime, they're going to send back one of my novels so I can do a full edit on that as well. It's a dance. Uh, how long did um, Hunters and Hunter take you? It took me about four months. It would have taken substantially less time. But as I said, I moved from Georgia up to New England, and one thing I wasn't quite prepared for was the snow. Okay. So I managed to take a spill and tear a couple of tendons in my left shoulder, which slowed down my writing an awful lot. Happily, my editor was kind and understanding about this because I was late. I was late by a couple of months. Okay. Oh, is is that why there was the pushback by a month? I think a month then? Uh, I think partially that was because they decided to do the reshoot on the movie and push the movie itself back. They want to have it out in a certain amount of time before the movie, but not too far ahead of the movie. Of course. You need to ma- maintain that momentum of interest. Exactly. Which was what I, did, I, I mentioned in, the, in in my review, actually, was, you know, it, you did a great job at getting me getting me in the mood for this, this film and this world and what's coming up. So I do, I do think you succeeded there. Thank you very much. I look forward to reading your review. Uh, I'm aiming for it's either going to be tomorrow or next Monday because I think it's out next week, isn't it? It's out next Tuesday, actually. Yeah. 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 So I wanted to get it out close to release. Um, so yeah, that that'll be out soon. Lovely. You know, while while I've got you here primarily to talk about Predator, I did want to take the chance just to ask you a little bit more about some of your work on Aliens. Absolutely. Because last time I talked to you, it was it was all about Sea of Sorrows, but since then you've done a short for the anthology Bug Hunt which was called Distressed, and it was one of the ones I really enjoyed in that book as well. Thank you very much. 
so let's let's talk book hunt. Let's talk distress. What was the genesis of that project and that that short story? <clears throat> well, I was asked if I wanted to do an anthology, and of course the answer was yes. But what I didn't want to do was another alien we've already seen, because the entire idea behind Bug Hunt is that there are other aliens too, and that people have run across them. So I had a lot of fun coming up with a new alien that was as far removed from human as I could. First time I made a proposal, I sent it off, and I said, yeah, Jim, that's just a little too far away. Even for Fox, this is like, nope, maybe not. I'll be turning that into a novel. And I thought about it, made some changes, and came up with this piece instead. Okay, so what, what were the differences then? What was What was your original alien? My original alien would have actually been a sentient planet, which was done before before Guardians of the Galaxy. So I was just going to say, so here you go. Character, but not the yeah. same piece. Okay. The the one that you actually end up with in, in Distressed is this um, weird metallic creature that's, that's capable of reassembling itself. Yes. And due to the nature of short stories, we don't get a lot of time to learn about um, things. And we didn't get a lot of time to learn about um, your xenomorph, your strange shape. But had you personally conceived of a, of a history for the creature, you know, what was it? Where did it come from? It is another alien that is intelligent. It is another alien that has star travel. And it is, unfortunately, in this case, an alien that is completely capable of whipping us without any problem. Certainly was. Is that going to be something you'd be interested in playing with if you do get to come back? And I would absolutely love to. Okay. Uh, in, in Distress, you also have a character named Rollins. I was wondering if that was intended to be the same one from Sea of Sorrows. Kind of a wink, but no, not the same character. Okay, fair enough. Now, speaking of Sea of Sorrows, you know, it recently got adapted into an audio drama. Have you had a chance to listen to that? I've listened to part of it, and I loved it. Not the full thing? Is that a time thing again? Yeah, that's. I'm, I'm going to be making a trip next week down to Virginia, which is about a 14-hour drive, and I might have a chance to listen to it on the way down. As a matter of time, I just have no time for the most part. Well, that'll give you time to listen to all three of them. <laughs> Which would be awesome. Okay, well, fair, fair enough. So I'm assuming you weren't drastically involved with uh, Dirk Mags during the production of that? No, I was not, but I was very, very pleased by the part I listened to. I think he did a great job. Yeah, me too. I've enjoyed all of them. I think those audio dramas have been an absolute treat. Um, and I do hope they continue doing them past the um, the initial trilogy that you know you guys did. Have them do, do the Predator book. I think that'd be awesome. Yeah, I wonder if they'll go down the Predators. We don't know what's going to happen with them now, so hopefully we'll find out soon. But that that is actually everything from me in regards to, um, you know, you work on Predator, you work on, on Distressed. Um, so, you know, once again, I, I would like you to take uh, take the time to thank you for joining me. Um, but be, before we do sign off, is there anything that you'd like to say that I just haven't given you the opportunity to express any information, any anecdote of your work on these that you think people would be interested in knowing? I, I, my, my big thing is I truly hope that everybody enjoys the ride. For me, it's, it's, it's an absolute pleasure to be able to do this. It's also a little bit intimidating because when you look at the work that's been done ahead of mine, it's impressive. It's a long run of work and a lot of history to go through. Adding to that is just, frankly, an honor. Okay. Well, fair enough. Like I said, I enjoyed your book as well. Um, I hope everybody else does. I do recommend picking it up. Uh, but obviously, if you're listening to this, you should have picked it up. Because I don't want to spoil you. I know there's some of you out there who will have. And, and those of you who have listened to this who haven't read it, go out, buy it, read it, and get in the mood for get in the mood for the Predator. Okay, so um, again, Jim, thank you very much. Um, where can folk find you online? They can find me on Facebook under James A. Moore, and they can certainly find me on Twitter at James A. Moore. One, I believe it is. Have you got any other books coming out soon that um, non-alien or predator that people should look out for? 
I just had a collection called Slices come out as a trade paperback for the first time. Before, it was limited to 500 copy limited edition. And I have a new Jonathan Crowley novel coming out called Boomtown. It should be out in October. Okay. Let's keep an eye out for those. Well, thank you again. Thanks for having me. It was truly a pleasure. No worries. And for everybody else, um, you can find us on um, avpgalaxy.net if you don't already uh, if you don't already visit we're also on all the socials under avp galaxy or alien vs predator galaxy uh, thank you for listening so this is corporal hicks and this is james a moore get into the chopper